Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to The Drake Podcast Show with your host for this evening, Dom. This episode is proudly sponsored by Rising Lioness Apparel. For more information, visit risinglioness.com.au. Miss a show? Catch up on all the latest episodes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Deezer and Apple Podcasts today. Enjoy the show. We're on the air with Dom K, your evening host for the Drake Podcast Show. Tonight, I'm about to introduce you to a very special guest, an actor, in fact, based in Sydney, Neil Parrick. Neil Parrick, we met once upon a time, didn't we? Do you want to tell my audience exactly what went down that day when I came into your studio? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, mate. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you uh, yeah you were on on our podcast uh, at the Pirate Take uh, a few weeks back uh, um, and did that make you no I didn't be surprised with that I feel like I did but I didn't because of the uh, rally that was going on what actually happened following our talk about the C topic to your show what was the aftermath of YouTube censoring you and the whole direction changing oh, for 5.8 the uh, cancellation thing yeah. And how did that make you feel? Were you pretty frustrated at the time? I really didn't like that. Yeah. Mm. We're supposed to have discussion. We're supposed to talk things out. People are afraid to talk things out. And if you don't talk things out, you can't get to the solution. You can't just really, really follow everyone. Like, I'm not, you know, no one knows the truth. That's why you have discussions so we can get to the truth. That's right. So in that way, I was, I'm like, oh, that's been annoying. I mean, simple thing, like, do, do you remember... Uh, I messaged you. I don't know you messaged me. I said, oh, this guy's got a tutorial. Do you remember? I think it was a week ago. I put, I put a clip mm. off. I was watching, I was watching another uh, YouTube thing with uh, Barack Obama, right? And I just put a story of like, I, I thought it was pretty funny, mm. a, a comedian. And I put that on my story and that got taken off as well. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be, it seems to be a gray area, doesn't it, of what offends people today and what is acceptable to, to discuss on the on the World Wide Web. It, it feels like it's very yeah. one-sided. If you don't follow my mm. narrative or my worldview or groupthink, then you'll either mm. get tossed aside or you'll get deplatformed forever. I think there yeah. should be a safe place for all sorts of thinkers, conspiracy theorists and religious figures. And, I mean, who better to, to, to show us a historical example than Jesus and some of his disciples? I mean, they, they were ridiculed, but they ridiculed him first. And I'm just thinking, looking at it now, it is right. just a kind of like a, an eat, sleep, repeat in history, isn't it? Where, you know, if it's not the Romans, it, it's not the pagans, it's, it's the corporations that are trying to, you know, heavily tax our freedom. And if we can't talk about that and how that's making us feel or how it's rocking our world and changing it accordingly... I mean, what's the point of comedy? What's the point of creative expression? What's the point of having creative license if what we share is too violent or too offensive for the world to see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Mm. So where does that leave you as an actor today? Does it leave you very high and dry? Does it leave you out of work if you take a position necessarily? Or are they pretty open book with you You do you, but when you come in, you play that character, you go home, you get paid for it. Like what What? what are the standards today in the film industry? Look, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to keep doing me. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not going to 
I mean, the, one of the reasons I started the my podcast, Sugar's podcast, is so that we can all discuss our journeys together, right? They come from different parts of the world, they're different thinking, uh, so they're going to have different opinions and stuff, right? So we have discussed that. Unfortunate factor is, this is what I really don't like about my industry, mm. is that anytime someone says it's not the same as every other narrative, we get shut off. In fact, we can't even start a conversation, right? Creativity comes from these kind of discussions. In the creative industry, we're supposed to be practicing uh, tolerance, but we, we, we don't at times, you know? And yeah, it can get tough sometimes. So uh, trust me, there's many people like me who don't believe exactly what some of these movements are putting out. We don't agree with it. But not everyone speaks out because uh, potentially losing a job, potentially yeah. being uh, labeled or red flagged or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's it's because it is a it is a competitive uh, thing out there, and and we want to put our stories out there. Absolutely, and- as someone that's been red flagged, being myself, I know what it feels like on that side of the argument, and it can be very very humiliating and very very isolated if you're not feeling like there are those those safe people in your sphere to to dump on, to vent to, if you, to do what you got to do to be able to get on to another day and, and be a little bit stronger for the next one. And for me, you know, it was representing a very diverse company and not realising right. the severity of having a very open mouth at the time in a very sensitive right. time during the gay plebiscite here in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And we can learn, can't yeah. we? I mean, I, I don't think any policy in a company should ever be created to hate somebody, especially in the mm-hmm. film industry where the creative world is a very colourful world. It's a very diverse world and it should obviously cater for all sorts of sexualities and orientations and cultures and religions today. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, somewhere in the line, it gets lost in mm-hmm. translation. And there are these double mm-hmm. standards. There are these double entendres where you just think about it between a colleague, do they really like me? Is that really what mm-hmm. they think about me? When I go home off the set, are they talking mm-hmm. about me in a judgmentalistic way or do they show human dignity and respect the way I ought to show my fellow mankind? And I think you know what the mm-hmm. answer is, Neil, mm-hmm. is a lot of people mm-hmm. probably hate your guts. But you know what makes you work harder the next day or the next the next film that you you end up having the privilege to shoot for. This, and again, this is me trying to get in your head and correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah. the resilient force in you is that you like who you are and that's who your friends know you as. And at the end of the day, no one can change that. No public opinion, no press article. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps you going and the industry, you know, thrives for longer because yeah. you have a longer lifespan on it. Do you want to know something just going back to something really important that you touched on about our homosexual brothers and sisters out there, I've had such a change of heart in the last five years and this is being real vulnerable for a moment to my viewers tonight and to your audience respectfully and I really hope that you can hear the sentiment and the conviction in this. Lived experiences can make you be inherently racist or homophobic or treat people that might act a little different or out place to you It'd be very, very normal to them. And the the funny thing is Jesus never for a moment saw the prostitute or the woman bleeding for 10 years or the mother that couldn't have a child or the person that had five five wives and 
or, or the woman that had five husbands any differently to the way that he would see his own his own father in heaven. It's a beautiful way yeah. and standard to take away today in 21st century to not look at people for their cultural tribe or their mother tongue or the way they were brought up or whether they were rich or they were poor or they were elite or they were very, very at the bottom of the barrel. You've got Man, to look at them as humanity again and if yeah. we start looking yeah. at people as humanity yeah. then the people groups no longer have to be the whole identity of that person and i want to read something that really touched my heart i was recently sure. reading it in colossians sure. if you don't mind it's about love it's just about love and love always wins and we know that right i'm sure everyone can agree tonight that love is the thing that will win hate is the thing that will continue to dividing and, and not unite us so let every wife be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband. For this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Jesus Christ. Let every husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive towards her. Let the children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything. For this pleases our Lord Jesus. And it gets better, I promise. And fathers, don't have unrealistic expectations for your children or else they may become discouraged. Let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer, not just when their employers are watching and not in pretense, but faithful in all things. For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do, whether that be filming, acting, producing, as though you were doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. A disciple will be repaid for what he has learned and followed, for God pays no attention. Here we go, ready? To titles yeah. or prestige. Employers treat your workers with equality and justice. There it is. Equality and justice is in the Bible long, long, long ago. It wasn't just a mm. thing fought up by man or fought up by the LGBT community. Equality yeah. is God's best because everyone is included and it is the most inclusive and non divisive standard and policy that we can govern our societies by and our families by. And I believe equality, unfortunately, would you agree with me here, Neil, this much? Equality has been hijacked by very radical movements, unfortunately. Just like Black Lives Matter has been, you know, radicalised and it used to be a beautiful thing to stick up for the, the down and out and the people being mistreated in custody, particularly the First Nation people here in Australia. And after talking to Yarika a few nights ago on episode 14, you would understand that there is just a real fight and yearning and conviction in her heart to do what's right so the next generation has something of freedom left because if they lose it now and we lose it now in the current, what are we going to have to look forward to for it, to give to our children, to pass down to our children? There will be no inheritance. When God says we're going to have an inheritance, this is not talking about worldly things necessarily, but what I'm saying is a father or a mother or a, or a brother wants to be able to hand something down that they've worked hard for with their hands. And I believe the reason for that is because the agenda has always been you know, sewn out of love. Society flourishes when there's love. It doesn't flourish when there's hate. When in fact, God says gender is different and it should be celebrated accordingly. I'm not saying that women are above or below or we're below or above women. In fact, equality would support the claim that Christ made once upon a time, historically speaking right now, correct me if I'm wrong again, this is just my hunch, that... All man, woman, child is uniquely made in the image of Christ and therefore their diversity, their difference should be celebrated and it shouldn't be compared to the other. So when you put that into the gender wall right now, and this seems to be a nonstop constancy where there's just a constant competing, outlasting, outplaying, outperforming the other, where in fact 
I want to celebrate and actually embrace when a sister or a woman becomes a CEO of a company. I want to be able to actually enable and be a safe person, a safe passage, if you want to look at it like that, being a very protective type of man in today's society and actually be like, you should be proud of what you've accomplished. And it is not just because of your gender. In fact, it's because you worked hard. It's because you had the skill set. It's because you studied like everyone else, male or female. And I think that's how we got to take it back to like equity versus what equality has become now, which I think really has become a monster of sorts. What, what are your thoughts? I spoke, to, I spoke to a girl a few years ago and she asked if she's written this book. She asked me if I was a feminist. Mm. And I said, um, no. And she goes, oh, then I said, I, I, so then she said, well, you don't believe in um, females having uh, equality. I'm like, of course I do. I have a mother and I have a girlfriend. Of course. I want them to be successful. Mm. It means you're a feminist. Like, no, I believe in equality, right? Because I feel like in the feminist uh, community, they themselves have not figured out what definition they want, right? As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to any jobs or anything else, it should go to the best person for that job. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Now, granted, for years, uh, Females were, uh, for, no, years, you know, hundreds of decades, hundreds of whatever, you know, but females were not uh, taken seriously for work, for any job, right? Mm. Now they have. Now they're CEOs. I mean, the richest person in Australia is a female. You know, you've got a female prime minister in New Zealand. and mm. I mean, we have, we have females running, running everywhere. You know, it's great. It's great to see that. I think we're at a point in, in our, I guess, equality movement where people should get jobs for their for their accreditation as opposed to being either female, male, gay, uh, Indian, you know, ethnic, whatever. Absolutely. Should get it for should, should get it for that. And 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 I mean, of course, there's also the whole feminist wave has been, you know, like a, a wave of equity, you know, mm. but. To what point? I mean, do people really want to get jobs because just because you're a female? Isn't that more offensive? Hey, man, I'm going to give you this job because you're white and you wear glasses. That's all I want. I, guess, I want you because you can do the job. That's right. That's right. right? And it, this brings back a bit of a sore moment for me um, a few years ago. Right. I was opposite the ABC building here in Sydney. If you guys don't know where that is, I won't be too specific for obvious reasons, but I went into an interview, had my suit, had the whole get up, you know, as you do in the corporate nine to five, went up there and was introduced quite crassly by the, I guess, the receptionist, the, the PR. And the manager came out and said, the director will be with you in 10 minutes. Please wait in the waiting room. You know, all the typical stuff went in. And she's looking at my resume and she brings up cultural Marxism 101 on identity politics. And I really didn't appreciate it. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's probably a weak point where I do get quite triggered um, when people nosy on in on things that just have nothing to do with fulfilling the role that they've advertised on your seek or your indeed jobs, you know, run of the mill. It was just for admin. Okay. So can you, can you photocopy? Yes. Can you make coffee for our staff in the morning? Can you do runs? Can you deal with air conditioning if it breaks, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yes, yes, and yeah, yes. Yeah. But yeah. then she gets down to, so you're a Christian. How's that work for you? 
And I go, what do you mean what? exactly? What would you what? specifically like to know? I'm, I mean, I'm an open book. I'm happy to, within reason, share my faith uh, with you ladies, if you like. Oh, well, we're a lesbian couple. And I'm like, oh, congratulations. They go, oh, you wouldn't like that. Your God hates us. And I'm like, really? what the actual crap just happened right now, God? I am feeling Wait, super confronted. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely, wow. I would not make this kind of stuff up because it's got wow. slamming ramifications if you do. I, I was really, I was like, I can see that uh, I'm not going to get a call back and they go, pretty much, you know. And then I left the I left the room, I walked down the elevators and I could definitely feel something spiritually because I'm a very spiritual person. I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about this tonight actually because it would be good to hear your experience of the spirit realm. Um, yeah. Sure. Like, but what I experienced was that there was something really dark and oppressive and it was like I wasn't welcome there. There wasn't room for the the nerdy Christian with glasses on in this office because I wasn't different or weird enough. And I'm not saying gay people are weird. i got a beautiful cafe owner and his partner who I eat at regularly, um, Appetite at Five Doc. If you're listening, I love sharing the story. Honestly, no holds barred. I was a homophobe growing up. And I just want to say to your community, I'm so sorry. Like I said to the First Nations people last week, we learn and we mature and we grow up. And I'm moving in leaps and bounds now with this podcast show to be very friendly for all sorts of people. And you guys do such a great service and duty to me and so many others in Five Dog. And we love you guys so much. So please hear my heart when I say this today and I disclose this story. It should never be about our sexual or religious identity. That should never, ever withhold our destiny with where we're going if we have the appropriate skill set. And that's all I'm going to say on that. We are all equally loved by God. So moving on to spiritual things going on, there was a real oppressive spirit. And at that point in time, a few years ago, I wasn't heaps into seeing angels like I am now. And that might freak some of you out tuning in. And that's more than okay. I'm happy to explain the story in a bit more context, but what I will say is this couldn't have been a natural experience because what I was starting to feel is like my body was like floating above where I was on the ground. Like there was this out-of-body experience where I'm like, okay, I really don't want to be here. I actually don't feel comfortable being here. And I did everything right. And this interview, I just could have said 100% that I was going to get it from what they said in the email correspondence leading up to the interview this day and how wrong I was. Neil, has that ever happened for you, bro, where you've just gone into like doing an acting class or you, you've done an audition for a, a, a little movie on your, your ABCs or your SBSs or maybe even something more prime time? Um, you know, has that disappointment held you back in some seasons in your life? My spirituality? Yeah. Well, I don't really share my spirituality with people, to be honest, because it's my business, no one else's business. So, mm. um, um, no, but that hasn't happened as yet. I'm sure people have disagreed with the way I think, because I guess it's got to do with their beliefs and faith, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, but I have, a, but I think a lot of people say that, oh, they, you know, they put down uh, religion and religion is the cause of the world's issues or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, definitely not. I think people are calling the issue, not religion. Mm. You know, it's two separate entities, I feel. You know, I think religion has brought great things. 
it's for poetry, but for in art, but in everything, yeah. everything. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, there was times when, like, in in Italy, where the the the, the churches would be sponsoring their football teams and stuff, you know, and and giving to communities and stuff, and that has done that, you know. I mean, there's heaps that religion has done great. Mm. It's just people who use religion as a way of showing the ego. Mm. Mm. I've yet to I've yet to come across a, a religion where where it pushes their negative and their ego on anyone. I think people misinterpret it, and I think people and share that. So the people and like anything else, negativity is in fact cancer, man. It spreads real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So would you say then that the churches and the mosques and the temples are not the problem? And the institutions are not the problem. It's the people that make the institutions individually that are the problem right now? I'm saying God isn't the problem. Mm. I'm saying people believe in the God is not the problem. I'm saying the people are the problem. Money is the problem. The people using all this shit, I guess, like even like the Catholic Church and all that, they've got power, they've got my money power. You're human beings. They're going to make mistakes, okay? Mm. They, they're going to be sinful. They're going to be... They're going to be have haram or they're going to do whatever, they're going to pass, whatever. It's, it's going to be that. They're human beings. They're going to make this mistake, right? Yeah. But people who believe, really, really believe in God don't need another person in this world to tell them who they are and how they should practice one's faith. I think that's rubbish. No, I completely agree. I want to ask you a little bit more. I want to delve a bit deeper in relation to just your personal day-to-day experience as a, I guess, do I call you an up-and-coming or a current actor? Like I, I want to do words of justice today. But, you know, <laughs> what was your worst audition and what's your best right. one been so far? I think they're all bad. <laughs> I, um, I, think I feel like I'm, I'm horrible at all my auditions. I think my worst audition was, my worst audition was this one. I went to my, uh, two years ago, I spent most, like after I finished uh, theatre school, or whatever, I ended up doing a lot of screen stuff, right? So I was so used to doing screen. But then I decided, you know, I want to get back on the stage and I want to do a play. So I <clears throat> had my agent say, please, can you please find me something? And she did. She goes, okay, I've got an audition for you. Go to the audition. And I'm like, all right, cool. And at that time, I was still, I, was, I, I went back to Canberra and worked in Canberra for a bit. So I drove to Sydney, right, for the audition. Now, I went to the audition, and I was the only, only brown guy sitting there. And I'm like, okay, I was the younger one. I was the younger looking at all of them. Now, I was auditioning for uh, the younger brother, right? Mm. And I was hoping that another person who looked 10 years older than me, who was brown skin color, walked in, right? Mm. And no one did. It was all the all Caucasians. I went to the audition and did the audition and the director said, look, you know what? The uh, We do blind casting. And I'm like, well, that's fair enough. But most of the audience are not blind. I mean, <laughs> Wow, that's rough. I'm like, you can, they can clearly see that I'm brown. And you can't play the stepbrother card because it doesn't say in the script. It's biological. Oh. You know, it, I mean, it, it must be a miracle to me be brown and this one being white, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I didn't go so well, I didn't get that role. But then I realized also the fact that 
my agent didn't give a shit about me because she's sending me to this thing, so it's her fault as well, right? You were just paying so, at the end of the day. She didn't care if you got a job or not, right? She didn't care. She didn't mm. care. And let me tell you something, okay? This the this agency, this agent, her and her son are heavy Christian. Not heavy, they're, they're Christian. They say they're Christian, mm. right? They use Christianity and they say, oh, God's going to, you know, I'm Christian, so everything's fine, and, and everything will take care of no, They themselves are racist. Yeah. They themselves are discriminated, right? People are the problem. It <laughs> goes back to that. But go back to that. People are the problem. Not fucking, yeah. not God, not Jesus, not Yahweh, not nothing like that. Yeah, I think so many people would have a story similar like that one, and I'm really, really sorry that that happened to you. Um, being white myself, but also mm. being Assyrian blood as well, I haven't really, I don't think even once been discriminated for the color of my skin. So that's why when people share these stories more in this season, I'm in at the moment where I'm really just teachable and you know, got my ear to the ground to hear these stories first first up. Like it's really shocking. It's a shocking and different world to the one I'm currently centered in. And I got to say, it's it's so brave of you to share that, Neil, because it's never nice to share such a humiliating story where going to work determines how you were born out of your mother really because of the color of your skin. Like what better yeah. way for this government and different yeah. industries to separate people and treat them as first, second or third class citizens than by color. Color is the it's the biggest rort. We should all go back, yeah. like I said, to this one new man, one new woman again, like a, a whole a whole of humanity is different, but that makes us beautiful and it makes us who we are today. So why don't we emphasize on that and embrace that rather than disgrace it and tear it down or try and control what our viewers see on the other side when we put all these amounts of millions of dollars into new productions because we think, oh, no, we've got to get the sexy young 17-year-old to play a pretty provocative role because that's what sells. No, I don't believe that racism or sex sells at all. I think it actually does the the exact opposite. I think eventually people come out of this matrix and they realize the sick, disgusting, twisted programming this whole system is at the moment. And we're seeing more and more stories emerge where people are not feeling comfortable or respected and they're in fact feeling unsafe. And they've created a lot of psychological trauma for these poor women. Well, that was part one of my two-part series on acting, equality and seeing angels. Thank you to my guest for this evening, Neil Parrick. Join me next time on The Drake Podcast Show for part two of this very intriguing and touching story of one Indian-Australian man trying to make it in the local TV performing arts scene. If you missed last week's episode, then head over to iHeartRadio and Spotify to catch up now. Until next time, good night.